And so the title, the title of the message this morning is Let It Flow. And thank you, Sister Tashina, or Pastor, I'm not sure. Um, the scripture for the message this morning is Acts 1, verse 8, which reads, Jesus said to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as I start this morning, I want you to picture a visual and keep this in your, in your mind as you, as you listen. And for those who are on Mixelar, I encourage you, invite you to, to picture it. I want you to picture a, a short piece of hose, a regular piece of hose, nothing fancy about it, nothing special about it, just a regular piece of hose. It's not connected to anything, both ends are open. If you look through one, if the hose is straight enough and you look through one end, you can see out the other. The manufacturer of a hose makes it so that, and we'll use water in this example, the manufacturer of a hose makes it so that water can flow through the hose. And when you consider a hose in its raw state without anything being attached to it, the fact is that water is made to flow in both directions. It can come from here, come from the left, for those who are not seeing, it can come from the left end of the hose and flow through the right, or can come from the right and flow to the left end. Water is made to flow in both directions. And as the water flows from point A to point B, it is meant to accomplish something. It's either to wash a car, to water plants, to run a machine, you name it. There are different purposes that can be accomplished by water flowing through a hose. There's a specific reason that the hose, the water was put in the hose and the hose was made. If the hose is connected to an endless source, so picture one end of the hose is connected to a source that is endless without anything on the other end the water is going to run continuously. So one end is attached to the source, the other end is just gonna keep flowing and flowing and flowing. It is when a device is connected to the end of the hose. So remember, this left end is attached to the source, but it is when a device is connected to the other end of the source that the flow of the water is controlled. And when that device is turned on, the water will flow. When it's turned off, the water will stop. Or sometimes you may turn it halfway on or quarter way on, and the water is flowing, but not to the full potential that the hose is intended to carry the water and not to the full strength of the water that is actually in the hose. Whether or not, the water in the hose accomplishes what it is intended to accomplish will depend on a couple of things. It will depend on how long the device that is attached to it is turned on for. It will depend on how long the water runs. It will depend on what setting you put the device on. So for example, with the, the tap, you can turn it halfway 
and that will control the flow. It will depend on where the water is directed. So for example, if the water is directed at plants, that's where the water will focus. It will also depend on the size of the device that you connect to the hose. So I want you to keep those, 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 that imagery in mind as I, as I continue. And I want you to extend that imagery to yourself as a Christian. We are the hose that God created. After his crucifixion, Jesus in Acts verse 1-8 says, and I'll read it again, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So the you is the hose, you, which has already been created. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples in this case were the hose and the Holy Spirit is the water. We are the hose and the Holy Spirit is the water. The job that is required for us to do is to be witnesses. That's what the scripture says, to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. That is what the Holy Spirit, the water that is flowing through us, is there to empower us to do. Another function of the Holy Spirit is outlined in Romans 8 verses 26 to 27. It reads, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of Christ because the Spirit, listen to this, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's what the scripture says. But here is the, here is the, the challenge. As believers, we are quick to, 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 to hug up that purpose of the Holy Spirit. We're quick to say the Holy Spirit is there to intercede on our behalf. We're quick to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us as we petition God to meet our needs. We're quick to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to petition heaven for our purposes. We're quick to acknowledge the power that is flowing through our hoses when it is to fulfill our desires. The Holy Spirit de delivers our requests to heaven and in accordance with the will of God, the Lord will respond appropriately in accordance with his will, note that importantly. Sometimes the answer comes and then we quickly move on to the next issue and we tap into the Holy Spirit again and ask the Holy Spirit to intervene on our behalf. Holy Spirit, flow through me, flow through me, Holy Spirit. Yes, I know you're connected to the left end. Flow through me and take my request to heaven for God to answer my prayers. And we move on to the next issue. There are times when the, 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 the whatever it is we're interceding for or asking the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf for does not happen. And so we stay before the Lord with that issue and we continually pray about it. We pray asking the Lord to petition, the Holy Spirit to petition on our behalf for sickness, material possessions, financial issues, emotional issues, all kinds of things. 
But I will remind us this morning that that is one function of the Holy Spirit. Can you excuse me, please? I'm so hot. I need to reposition my fan. Pardon me. Um, yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Ruth. And, and, and so my reminder to us this morning is that the Holy Spirit petitioning on our behalf is one function that he's there to carry out. So we're often eager to use that function, to tap into that function. And another function is when we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in decisions. So again, we'll pray and we ask the Lord, Lord, can you direct me in making a decision concerning this matter. And we're quick to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance on that because we know the Holy Spirit resides in us. But my question to you today is, how fervent are you in allowing the same power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you as a witness in spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth? as it says in Acts 1, verse 8. Sadly, the truth is that we have mastered the art of selective flow. So we forget what it is we're designed to do. We forget what it is the host was created for to allow the Holy Spirit to flow endlessly. And we forget what it is that we are there for the Holy Spirit to accomplish through us when it does not favor us. Not only does the Holy Spirit deliver our request to God and brings heaven deliverance to earth, brings heaven's deliverance to our situation, but guess what? Listen to this. The Holy Spirit's job is also to bring heaven's deliverance to earth. I'll read it again. Not only does the Holy Spirit deliver our request to God and brings heaven's deliverance to our situation, but the Holy Spirit's job is also to bring heaven's deliverance to earth. And the channel for the Holy Spirit to bring heaven's deliverance to earth is you and that's me. I will read Acts 1, 8 again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are the cause that has been designed for the Holy Spirit to flow freely through us to evangelize to the world. We are the conduit that God designed to be his hands and feet, to be his voice, to bring the message of salvation to his people. The problem is that we have stymied the flow of the Holy Spirit for us to accomplish this purpose. We have said, Lord, yes, your, your Holy Spirit can flow through me one way. Yes, Lord, I, I accept that your Holy Spirit will present my concerns to you on my behalf. But hold, hold on a little bit, God. Cree, <clears throat> you cannot use me to bring deliverance to the world as your word in Acts 1, 8 says I'm supposed to do. We have set restrictions Although we already have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to do what the Lord has commissioned us to do. The job of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to do 
what the Lord has commissioned us to do. Where are you this morning? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job or are you blocking the flow? What is the cause of your blockage? Are you concerned about what you're going to say? Are you concerned about how you're going to say it? Are you, are you afraid of being ridiculed? My encouragement to you today is to be willing to allow the Lord to use you where you are. The disciples were ordinary men who were able to accomplish remarkable things for God. Why? Because they operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. They allowed the Holy Spirit to flow through them to effect the work of God. Do not be hindered by what you think are deficiencies that you may have. And Tony Evans puts it away, I, I like it. He says, the quickest way for God to get you where he wants you is for him to be able to use you where he has you. So it is your responsibility. I'll read that again. The quickest way for God to get you where he wants you is for him to be able to use you where he has you. So your responsibility is to allow yourself as a host to be a free conduit for the Holy Spirit to flow through, to accomplish what God intended to accomplish through you. Let the Holy Spirit flow freely. Let it flow. Will you be tentative in ministering? Maybe. Will you be nervous? More than likely. Will you be timid? Possibly. But yield to the Holy Spirit and watch what he will do through you. And I'm going to share an incident that happened with me in August. I went to the tax office to collect my driver's license. And because of the whole COVID situation, instead of allowing a, a, a heavy flow of persons inside the building, they've set up a tent outside in an open area. And then they pre-screen you under the tent based on what it is you're there to do. So the tent is full, whole heap of people are there. And I remember as I sat there, I felt the need to share the gospel with this young man that was sitting beside me. And so I started talk to him, talking to him about the Lord and asking him if he's saved. He said no. And I was there sharing with him. And he was polite, but um, not too receptive. You know, and, and eventually, I don't know if he got a call or pretended that he got a call and he got up and excused himself. And I felt, I felt, okay, all right, mission accomplished. Yes, I, I'm done. You know, I felt the conviction and I did what I had to do. And I sat there, of course, the tax office is there for hours. And I sat there, I sat there, and there's a little um, platform, like a wooden elevated area that the persons from the, the tax office, the persons who work inside would come out to make the announcements for whomever is gonna do what. And the security would stand there to assign you to groups based on what it is you're there to do. And so I'm sitting there, the platform is about a foot and a half um, high from the ground. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching everybody and I feel this conviction that I need to talk to the people. And I'm saying, but I, but I just talked to the young man. That's me in my mind, going through my mind. And I felt such a strong conviction that I needed to share the word with people. And Karen and Charlene Burke, for the first time in her life, got up 
and, and I stood on this platform in the middle of the tent at tax office in downtown. And I said, excuse me, can I have your attention, please? Excuse me, everybody, can I have your attention, please? And of course, everybody now was riveted in my direction because they thought I was now going to make an announcement concerning the issues that they're there to, to deal with. And so I started sharing the word, nervous as ever. I don't know how my knees never buckled underneath me. But the Lord would have it that there were two ladies, I think they were saved. And I, I just focused on them because you could see the, them in agreement. That's right, dear sister, amen, amen. And I said what I had to say, coward as ever, but I did it and I stepped down. And, I, and, and I, what I, I really should have done was to know, see persons one-on-one -on -one to find out if anybody you know, wanted me to lead them, lead them to the Lord, but I was too timid to do that. So I went and I sat back down. But the point I'm making is that there are times when the Holy Spirit will move us to do things and we'll be nervous, we'll be afraid. We'll be wondering, oh my goodness, what, 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 what will the response be? But remember the loose holes that I showed you earlier. That particular morning, doesn't happen all the time, but that particular morning, I allowed the Holy Spirit to flow freely through me. But I could have said when I got there that, you know what, the time is not right. And I'm not told, I don't know how these people are going to respond. Uh, and I could have decided to quench the flow of the Holy Spirit. I could have decided that I'm going to put a tap on it. Yes, the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. But I could have decided that, you know what, I'm going to put a tap on it this morning because I'm not, I'm not comfortable with where this is going to go. And that happens to us because we're looking in our own strength. We're looking to do things out of our wisdom, out of our intellect. But we should allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work through us and do what he's there to do. We must let it flow. I remember when we were in Kenya, I spoke to a lady while we're doing the street evangelism. And it took in, in no time, she said she was willing to accept the Lord and led her to the Lord and, and so on. And I must confess, I've shared this with some persons before. Initially, I thought to myself, maybe she don't understand what I said, because that, that, that just seemed too easy. She probably never understand, because we're, we're speaking through a translator. So I'm saying maybe there was some miscommunication or something. And I remember later that day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about what I was thinking. And in, in um, a few weeks before that, I remember reading in Acts 16, where it says that the Holy Spirit opened Lydia's eyes so she could, heart rather, sorry, so she could respond to what Paul was saying. And because the Holy Spirit opened her heart to, to, to respond to what Paul was saying, she accepted the Lord as her savior and her family was saved. And that is what the Holy Spirit reminded me of. So it is not about looking into our own strength. We allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. If we look at Stephen in Acts 6, verse 8 to 10, it reads as follows. Now Stephen, 
a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose. However, from, the mem from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, Jews, Cyrene, and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with, with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. That is what I want to focus on. They could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave, to, gave him as he spoke. The Holy Spirit empowered Stephen to speak, and he spoke with such authority that they could not counter him. Isn't that what we're fearful of sometimes? That people going counter us and they're going to come with this argument and that argument. People are going to oppose us. But the whole, allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you and do what he's supposed to do. We are the hose. But because of our fears and doubts, we quench the move of the Holy Spirit. We quench what it is the Lord wants to do in and through us. And we quench it by installing our own device. I showed you the tap earlier. Some of us install a tap and we decide when we're going to turn it on, how long we're going to turn it on for, etc. But some of us, instead of installing a tap, we install a nozzle. This is a nozzle. For those who are mixer, it's a nozzle attached to the end of a hose, a, a nozzle that you use to, to spray things. And we decide, okay. Yes, the Holy Spirit is flowing through me, but guess what? Depending on my situation, I'll turn it down to full force. You hear the click when it gets to a certain position? So we decide, okay, yes, I'm praying for my own thing. I'm putting the, full, the Holy Spirit on full throttle. But guess what? I'm at work and I'm not sure how these people are going to respond. So I'm going to put it on sprinkle. And we change our settings depending on our location. And we decide, we choose to decide how we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. We speak to people when we feel comfortable. We speak to people who we don't think will oppose us. That is generally, oftentimes, how we behave as Christians if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow freely. We need to get to that place where we're flowing constantly and consistently. We need to get to that place where we can't help but to share the word of God, no matter what. It's like it is so in us. Listen to Jeremiah 20 verse 9. It reads, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Imagine that. Being so full of fire, so full of the Holy Spirit that we cannot help but evangelize. How many of us can truly say that that is our experience? Rather, how many of us instead are so caught up with our circumstances that we're blind to those around us who are perishing? Rather, we are so heavenly minded that we become no earthly good. We're so desperate for Jesus to come that we're not concerned about what is happening here on earth. We're wondering, Lord, when? When are you going to come? And we're wondering, Lord, when are you going to respond to my issues? 
Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, listen to this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In my early days, when I first read the scripture, I thought that when he said, instead, he will be patient with you. I thought that was talking about the unsaved. I was thought he, he, what he was saying is the Lord has given them time to repent. But guess what? That's not who he was talking to. Peter was talking to the saved. Listen to this. In chapter one, he states the letters to whom he was writing. He says, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. So in other words, what Peter was saying is that the Lord is giving us as Christians, giving us as Christians a chance to go and reach those because he does not want them to perish. He wants us to, he wants to use us to help them to come to repentance. That is our role. Too many of us are waiting on God when in fact God is waiting on us. He has given us the opportunity and he's waiting on us. The Lord is saying to us this morning, it is high time that we open our taps. As a matter of fact, take off the taps. Whatever device we have put on the ends of our hose, take it off and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us so we can be the conduit through which he can change the world. He's given us an opportunity to partner with him to bring salvation to the world. What will be your response this morning? We've been fed week after week. We get course after course of teachings. We share and we encourage each other. But have you stopped to consider if those around you are full, if your peers are full? Besides sharing the word and encouraging each other, what is the outlet that you have to share what it is that you have learned? How are you using what you have learned? Think about it. Think of this imagery. When we eat, we enjoy our meal. Ms. Rifa was talking a while ago about looking forward to the day when she can eat whatever she wants to eat. So do I. We eat our meats and our vegetables and we have our dessert and juice and wine and whatever. And we eat and we're satisfied. Don't it? Somebody open your mic and answer me. Absolutely. Amen. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, true, true. Right. But guess what? What happens when the food is digested? The food have to leave your body and forget the, un forget the unpleasant imagery. Just stick with the principle. When the food is digested, it has to leave our body. And what goes into our body has to come out. And that is what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to share what has gone into our spirits. We're required to, 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 to let, allow it to flow out to benefit somebody else. Jesus commanded his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's no exception. What makes us think that that doesn't apply to us? It is our responsibility to spread the gospel. We need to allow our hoses to flow continuously, not selectively, not when it is convenient, not when it is comfortable or it is safe, not when there isn't too much at risk. 
too often we become calculated. We assess who we're going to talk to. Will they be receptive or will they not be receptive? How will they respond? Will you be labeled as churchy? Will you be ridiculed? Will persons argue with you? We stop and we try and assess what is at stake. And we spoke of the tap earlier and we spoke of the, 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 the nozzle earlier. But in assessing what is at stake, many of us or some of us operate like a sprinkler, you know, a sprinkler for a hose. And I so know that this is, this is how the Lord wants to communicate this this morning, because this was not a part of my message. About an hour before the message this morning, I run downstairs cutting hose and looking for these things that were thrown on somewhere, because the Lord just showed me the imagery this morning. Some of us operate like this sprinkler. And this is a sprinkler that you stake for those one on Mixelar. It has a stake at the bottom that you stick into the dirt and it will hold it upright. And as the water comes through the hose, this will spin and water your lawn. And some of us, we don't, we don't put a tap on it. We may not put a nozzle on it, but we decide to put a sprinkler on it. And when it is convenient, we allow the sprinkler just to, to, to flow freely. Because guess what? We know that with a sprinkler, if a lawn is being watered, the sprinkler is not going to say, oh, I see somebody coming there, let me stop a little bit. The sprinkler is just going to sprinkle. Whether you get wet or you don't get wet is entirely up to where you walk and where, what the water touches. And you now have to decide whether you're gonna walk around or jump over the water or walk through the water. It's, it's, it's uncontrolled. But some of us decide that, okay, we're putting on a sprinkler, but guess what? Um, when I'm going to my certain certain family members, I'm going to turn down the hose because I don't want I don't want the sprinkler water to reach too far. I'm going to control who the water reaches. We decide the strength of the sprinkler. As a matter of fact, we even choose to decide whether the water is on or the water is off. And I don't know how many of you watched the video that. Sister Cheryl sent out on Purposeful um, late last week. For those who didn't, I will outline what it's about. It's a young lady who entered a competition. Uh, her name is Kimmy. And the competition was being held at the Apollo Theater. And for those of you familiar with, with um, theater and, and, and drama knows that that's a big, that's a big look venue. And to appear at the Apollo is a huge deal. And so to appear on stage at the Apollo is a big privilege. And they have an, a night called Amateur Night where unknown artists get a chance to showcase their work. And they get the exposure and I presume they also get perhaps a, a, a cash prize or something of that sort, perhaps future contracts, but there's clear benefit. There are clear benefits to winning this competition at the Apollo. This young lady named Kimmy from St. Croix in the US Virgin Islands appeared on stage and she did an original poem called The Message. And that message had me riveted because you know what that message was? That was a message about salvation. The young lady did a self-written poem about salvation. She spoke about the importance of salvation. Please go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. 
It was a call to repentance for those who were listening in the form of a poem. I watched it, I had a few thoughts on it and I moved on. But yesterday, as I was working, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about that poem that that young lady did. And what I got from it is that she was risking being ridiculed. She was risking being criticized for wasting a good opportunity. How could you go to the Apollo Theater and talk about salvation in a poem? She was risking how the crowd would respond. Would they, how she was risking how the judges would receive it. Are the judges Christian? Will they resist because it's not the right place? Or maybe some of them were atheists. There was a lot at stake. She was risking how her presentation would compare to other competitors. There was so much at stake for this young lady, Kimmy, but she did not let that stop her. She allowed the Holy Spirit to flow through her to accomplish what the Lord intended to accomplish by her entering that competition. She had a message to deliver and she delivered it. And the Lord asked me to ask you this morning, how much are you willing to risk? Are you willing to allow the unrestricted flow of the Holy Spirit in your life, even if it's going to cost you something? And we know it will cost you something. Are you willing to risk anything? Or will you restrict your flow based on the degree of risk? Will you restrict your, restrict your flow based on your level of comfort? Will you restrict your flow based on your audience? How many of us are allowing our circumstances, the audience, the consequences to influence the power of our witness? What is my friend going to say? What are my colleagues going to say? How are people going to react? The challenge for us today is to look beyond ourselves. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us, whatever the cost. Jesus never promised us smooth, smooth sailing. He never promised that there will be no opposition. We saw it earlier in, in Acts 6, where they, they, they could not oppose Stephen because the Holy Spirit was at work. And we know the Holy Spirit will always be at work, but the Holy Spirit will not always stop opposition. And we see it through the book of Acts where the disciples were persecuted so many times while sharing the gospel. Listen to this in Acts 6, verse 27 to 28. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. And it continues. Um, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. His, this, is, this is talking now about, I'm trying to, to, to paraphrase, this is talking about Gamaliel, Gamaliel, who stood before the Sanhedrin and he warned them, he warned the, the, those who were talking to the apostles not to kill them. And it continues in verse 40. His, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. Listen to this. 
the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Listen to that. They rejoiced because they considered it worthy to suffer for the disgrace of the name of Jesus Christ. How many of us would have taken that position? Rejoice because we're consider, we considered worthy to suffer in the name of Christ. So my challenge to you this morning is to ask you, will you, like the apostles, allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you so freely that you're determined to do what you're commissioned to do no matter what the cost? Stephen was stoned for the sake of the gospel. It is high time that we mature as a body of Christ and recognize that evangelism is not for when it is convenient. It is time that we realize that there are going to be sacrifices, there's going to be discomfort, there's going to be inconvenience. And, and think about even the recent trip to Kenya. Some persons were probably nervous to go because they're thinking, boy, if we go, I might catch COVID with all that traveling and stopping in so many locations and interacting with so many different people on the plane and all of that. And thinking that, well, we may catch COVID and that could have been a, a, a legitimate fear. We went, we came back and none of us contracted COVID. But guess what? If, even if somebody had contracted COVID, it still was the will of God because God will not always prevent things from happening to us. What we have to do is to move and walk in the assurance that he is always with us and his will is perfect no matter what the outcome may look like. So don't fool yourself into thinking that because God says it, it's going to be perfect and conky dory and you're going to be comfortable and everything is going to be okay. No, that's not the case. That's not what I'm saying this morning. What I'm saying this morning is that we need to be assured that the power of the Holy Spirit can accomplish what God intends for it to accomplish. And we determine how freely that Holy Spirit flows through us. So instead of restricting the flow, allow the Holy Spirit to use you Allow the Lord, rather, through the Holy Spirit to use you to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth. Instead of being concerned about our suffering and what it's going to cost us, ask yourself, how might your prison be part of God's plan to make Jesus known and loved to the ends of the earth? How can your hardship, how can your circumstances help for the advancement of the kingdom of God. We have a job to do, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to do it. So as I close, I want us to remember that the opportunity to be used for ministry is a privilege. God don't need us. It's a privilege he has chosen to allow us to partner with him and give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to work through us to accomplish what he's there to accomplish. If we continue to stymie the work of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to turn on the tap, however, we choose to turn it on or turn it off when we choose to turn it off or to turn down the sprinkler or to change the setting on the nozzle. If we continue to do that, the Lord will not always keep nudging us 
we're going to quench the Holy Spirit at some point in time. And we can coin it anyhow we want to choose to coin it. But when we do that, we're moving and operating in disobedience. Let's not try to pretty it up. It is not because you're not having sex out of marriage or you're not committing adultery or whatever. Allowing, quenching the Holy Spirit and preventing the Holy Spirit from doing what the Lord has empowered him to do in us is disobedience. And if we think about the example earlier that I shared about eating and we must pass something out. Think about it. If you don't pass out what is inside your body, what happens? You become uncomfortable, you get headache, your stomach hurts you. All kinds of things start happening physically in your body. And there will be consequences to our disobedience. I'm not telling you that it's going to be sickness. But whatever form it will come in, there are going to be consequences to our disobedience. So the Lord is reminding us this morning to allow the Holy Spirit to flow freely through us. Do not continue to stem the flow of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I just slipped these words in as, as um, Tashina was singing it just before I came on. Dear lying, dear, dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God are safe to sin no more. And it continues. When this poor, lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song, as sing thy part to save. We have that privilege because we have experienced salvation. We're walking in salvation. Wouldn't it be great to allow the, the, the Lord to use his Holy Spirit in us? to bring the word of salvation to others so that this too can be their son, that they can talk about that day when the ransom church will be saved because they're part of that ransom church, when they can talk about that day, that the, 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 the lisping, stammering tongue will be in the grave, but they'll be able to sing a sweeter song because of his power to save they're waiting, somebody is waiting on you to bring the word of salvation to them. And there may be some who are listening this morning who may not understand this relationship with Jesus that I'm talking about. There may be some of you who are still walking in sin and we were born in sin, but I'm giving you an opportunity this morning NLH is presenting an opportunity to you this morning to live in the eternity that we, we're talking about in this song. To live in eternity with your heavenly father because he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross and be resurrected and raised, raised from the dead. Resurrected and raised is the same thing. To be raised from the dead for your sake. So I'm inviting you this morning to the peace and the joy that comes with salvation. I'm not promising you, none of us this morning is promising you smooth sailing. That's not what it's about. But you will have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to do what God created you to do. So I invite you this morning, if you are not saved, to say the sinner's prayer with me. 
Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the doors of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. I confess my sins and ask you to forgive my sins and give me eternal life. Take control of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Make me the hose that you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.